Welcome back to Koinonia. This is Mark Buckley from Living Streams Church. I'm interviewing Jeff Mary. Jeff is the founder of Worship Arizona. Jeff, what first motivated you to get this uh, group of worship leaders together? Well, I, I'd been le- leading worship for years and, mm-hmm. and experienced the highs and the lows and, and the conflict and the loneliness a mm-hmm. lot of times that a worship leader will feel. Um, and I, uh, I thought, man, may, am I the only one? That feels this and started talking to other worship leaders, realizing that, man, I, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Whether it was sometimes misunderstandings with senior pastor mm-hmm. or elder boards or congregants or even team members. And um, you, you always think you're the only one. And realizing I wasn't, then I said, wow, here's some common ground we can have. Here's some, maybe we can work together to find solutions on how we can create powerful teams you know the pastor and the worship leader is such a powerful team right uh to present people with the very presence of god and if they're in competition or in conflict then you know it just that destroys the whole thing so what are some of the unique challenges between a worship pastor and a senior pastor well i think um being on the same page with what they're what the purpose of worship is. Mm-hmm. If they if they they miss that, then you know you go into your own corners, and so the 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 worshipers decide they want to have amazing music, and that's all they focus on. Mm-hmm. And the pastor wants to do amazing teaching, and that's all he focuses mm-hmm. on. And so we segment the whole service, and and oftentimes they don't even talk about what their what their theme or focus is. Yeah, and and so then. It becomes a comp- competition for who do you who likes you better or who's yeah. how much time and 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 it can. It's sort escalate. of funny because um, uh, I know pastors are told sometimes, "Well, I'm here because of you," you know, and uh, why do we have to sing so much? And then you get people that love worship that are like, "Couldn't we just do a service sometime where it's nothing but worship?" Right. and <laughs> That sort of thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I, I, I said to somebody recently, well, if if more people really wanted more worship, they probably would show up on time mm-hmm. rather than coming halfway through the worship set. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Americans, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll show up late, but I really want more of it. No, yeah. that's not exactly the case. So who are some of the um, worship leaders and what are some of the worship se- services you really enjoy if you're going to a place? just for worship you know i love when the worship leader is uh uh, more about helping me to connect with god Mm -hmm. you know i think that's really the purpose of worship leading is connecting people to god not showing off how good i am my voice or my skill or look how trendy i am because i can do the hot new style of music and when when I well, you really a, need to have the haircut too, Jeff. And I'm not sure yours <laughs> qualifies. No, no, no. It's been a while since mine qualified, but um, yeah, there are some really snazzy hats though that some of them are wearing. Yeah, yeah, that can help. So I yeah I think I think um, when when uh, when I am invited into a conversation with God, that means the 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 song selection, the lyrics can move me from horizontal to vertical, mm-hmm. and then you don't go back from that. You stay mm-hmm. there. So once I'm having a conversation with God lyrically in the songs, um, you know what I'm talking about. There's three different kinds of worship songs. Two are horizontal. Mm-hmm. One is like a testimony song, like 
Amazing Grace is a testimony song. Mm-hmm. It's not a vertical worship song. I'm not singing to God. I'm singing to you about what God had done in my life. Yeah. And then there's the proclamation kind of songs where I'm telling you, God is amazing. He's great. He's the mm-hmm. king of the world, and you need to get in touch with God. You know, mm-hmm. well, That's still horizontal. Mm-hmm. But when I'm singing to God um, about who he is and, and, and my love for him and, and my need for him, that's vertical. Mm-hmm. And every time I do that, just like in every conversation, our, our minds, our hearts open up to receive something. And I believe the Holy Spirit then speaks back to us because mm-hmm. we spoke to him. And once I get that going, that is the most powerful place, and that's where I love to be. Yeah. So your goal as a worship leader is to get people connected with the Father and expressing their love and experiencing his grace. Exactly, exactly. Just uh, Isaiah 6, 1 through 8, Isaiah goes through five different levels. He ends up at that place where he mm-hmm. actually hears the voice of God, right? And then he responds. That's yeah. what that's what I think um, the body of Christ is all about. The mo- mobilization of, of ministry happens when we hear the voice of God, he tells us what to do, and we go, yeah, here am I, send me. I had an interesting experience a while ago in a worship meeting. The meeting started late, and I was a little anxious. And um, the songs, it didn't seem like people were that into them. And I was, I'm was i in a position as a senior pastor where I can, you mm-hmm. know, stop the meeting, redirect the meeting at any time. Yeah. And so that was my first inclination was, let, let's end this now. And I felt like the Spirit just said, no, no, don't do this, don't. Just stay out, stay mm-hmm. out of the way, stay out of the way. Mm-hmm. And it took a while, but after a while, um, there really was a refreshing and a blessing and mm-hmm. encouragement. And so I was reading in Hebrews 11 recently, and it talked about the children of Israel marching around the walls of Jericho mm-hmm. until the walls came down. And and I imagine they felt, this is sort of futile, this is sort of ridiculous, this mm-hmm. is sort of, why are we doing this mm-hmm. until... The time came for them to shout, and the walls came down. And when the walls came down, all of a sudden, that which had seemed ridiculous um, had accomplished a purpose. And it was like the Lord said, you see, Mark, this is why I sometimes have you sing in such a way that doesn't always appear to have a lot of meaning. Mm -hmm. But when the walls come down, there is a victory, there is an experience that I want my people to have. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think um, when when the Lord reveals himself, it's always surprising. It's mm-hmm. always intimate. It's always down underneath uh, our surface protection and, and, and liturgy or, or ritual or institutional mm-hmm. understanding. And he's always calling us to engage relationally with him. So what do you think about um, building unity in the worship team and as a worship leader, really leading those folks into discipleship? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's uh, one of the most important roles of the worship leader mm-hmm. is to, to do that. And like I said before, being on the same page, mm-hmm. whether it's the worship leader and the pastor, the worship leader and their team, the worship leader and their congregation and the sound man especially, mm-hmm. but when, when um, see, I've been at churches where all of the instrumentalists were hired, 
Mm-hmm. They're you know they were professional, just basically professionals, paid gig, yeah. And and um, you know, so I went in there, um, and they didn't. They just wanted to play the music. They didn't really care about why we were there, what we were doing. And so every time we would have rehearsal, I would intentionally get everybody set up, and then I'd say, "Okay, put your instruments down. Let's come together." in a circle and hold hands and pray. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in a simple, I just do a simple prayer. And then uh, I would say, and by the way, you know, we're doing, we picked these three songs here mm-hmm. and here's what we're doing and why we're doing them. And here's how we hope the Holy Spirit will engage in people's lives. And so I'm teaching them what I'm all about. Yeah. And so I'm engaging them. Uh, I'm inviting them to engage with God and be curious about, mm-hmm. wow, what is this? This isn't just, you know, playing the top 40. We're yeah. doing something intentional. So um, You try and disciple them as you go. So I disciple them as I go. And then oftentimes you build trust and stuff will pop up. Mm-hmm. Issues will pop up. Well, that's a great opportunity to engage. And, you know, maybe somebody is interested in doing a, a little Bible study. Maybe they just want to meet over coffee and they want to, Mm-hmm. ask you about, you know, how do you live the Christian life? And and I don't know about this. Or what is this Christian life? And um, So what do you think about um, the level of discipleship? If you're starting another church worship band and you're, um, would you use paid musicians who aren't following Christ to be part of your Band, let's say you need a drummer and you guys don't have a drummer in the church. Mm-hmm. Or you need a bass player, you don't have a bass player mm-hmm. that you feel has got this level of skill that you want. Would you mm-hmm. use a non-Christian? You know, uh, I've had non-Christian drummers and bass players come mm-hmm. to Christ mm-hmm. because they played on our worship team. So my you answer would, is yes. I would do that. I wouldn't have non-Christian singers because they're expressing something. They have to express love for God authentically uh-huh. in, in that singing. role. Yeah. 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 But if it's an instrumentalist, then, you know, they can play and they can enjoy and come alongside. Okay. So what, what would you do engage. if you've got a Christian, um, in the church, um, bass player and you find out the bass player is sleeping with his girlfriend and is unrepentant about it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I do have a, uh, um, uh, a worship team covenant uh-huh. that everybody signs. And that talks about, here's what I'll supply for you. Here's what I can do for you. And I'll have rehearsals. I'll send you CDs and music and mm-hmm. charts and all that stuff. And I'll be faithful to lead people. And here's what we, and expect, here's what from we expect from you. And that's that kind of conduct. So would you remove them from the team if they they're would, not keeping yeah, their yeah. part of the deal, even if you really need them? I've had to do that before, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have too, and I'm glad to hear you've got those kind of oh, standards, because yeah. yeah. if you don't have standards, then you're not really a church anymore, in right. my opinion. Right. And you'd, and the goal is to sit them down mm-hmm. in the front row, or you know, so that yeah. they are still engaged. We still love you. We want to help you work through this, but you're not we're not going to let you stand up on stage. Yeah, we don't want you to lose your soul while you're uh, serving us yeah. at the same time, <laughs> right? Accomplishing God's purpose. Yeah. So um, you're feeling stirred to take a new step in your life and yeah. to go into missions. Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. Two years ago, um, well, 
you know, these last 20, 30 years of coaching worship leaders has given me a heart for the hurting, brokenhearted, isolated person. And um, we found that missionaries are, are like that. All right, so I'm going to ask you to explain that in just a moment when we come back from the break. I'm Mark Buckley from Living Streams Church. I'm talking to Jeff Mary. Jeff coordinates Worship Arizona, and uh, he's going to be leaving this valley one of these days and going into missions, and we're going to hear a little bit about that. Then we're going to talk to some missionaries who have been on the field and on the front line. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Koinonia after this message. 